Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. We hope you find this message encouraging. started a sermon last week that I didn't have any hopes of getting done and I don't have any hopes of getting it done today. But basically it's our 2020 vision. And as I shared with you, sometimes our vision needs to be corrected. There are times in our lives, especially when we get around 40 years old, the one thing that I noticed this morning is Zach was reading off, uh, he was reading off some of the uh, outline of what the worship was going this morning. His arm kept getting further and further away from his his, uh, his eyes. Any of you ever had that problem? Uh, And it reminded me again of that. That sometimes, sometimes our vision begins to fail and we don't even realize it because we're used to it. It happens slowly. It happens over time. Now, if you woke up one day and it was hard for you to focus up close and it just all of a sudden it happened, you'd say, wow, I better go get something done. But what happens to us is, as we get into our 40s and into our 50s, we get that that our arm is not long enough. And all of a sudden, you got problems and you got to tend to them. So as I talked about last week, for just a minute, I'll, I'll back up and review. We talked about some of the things that can happen with our, our physical sight that are reflective of what happens in our spiritual life, our spiritual vision. Now, normal vision is what? 2020. Wow. Strangely enough, here we are in 2020. And so what happens to deteriorate that is sometimes we get what is called myopia, and that is uh, nearsightedness. And myopia in the spiritual realm is whenever it becomes about me, myself, and I. Myopia. My stuff. How does this affect me? What is this going to do? What am I going to do? What, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and our world becomes very, very small. The opposite end of the spectrum of that is hyperopia. In other words, that's farsightedness. <coughs> Excuse me. I've got that little hacking cop that so many of us got right now. Um, but hyperopia is farsightedness. In other words, we can see everybody else's problems much easier than we can see our own. As I did last week, I got in the front row, and uh, sometimes we get in, I hope they're getting this. I hope, I hope the person that's supposed to get that when sometimes maybe it's for us and we overlook that. So we've got to correct our vision. Then there's <coughs> presbyopia, and that is when we get old eyes. Our eyes, that's, that's whenever we need those, those bifocals or transition lenses that allow us to see close and far. What happens is our eyes get tired, they get old, and they quit focusing near and far and going back and forth. And what, ha- what happens in that is sometimes we begin to overlook things because of our, basically our prejudice about how we think things ought to be. And, uh, the, the thing that the Lord reminded me of this week, and uh, how many of you remember this thing right here? Man, some of us, all of us that are probably 55 and older, uh, or at a point where that's that's how we were introduced to Coke, and uh, man, that was just they were a little greener bottle back then, but and maybe just a tad bit bigger. But basically, this is it. I remember some of y'all. You realize I grew up in Kentucky, and we were kind of out in the country, very very rural. But I remember it being a big thing to get a Coke 
on the, on the shopping day when my mom went to the grocery one time a week if we were lucky. And I remember that was the big thing. She'd give me enough money, whatever it was. I, I, I remember a quarter, easy enough. Maybe even it was less than that at one point. And you'd go to the machine, and you'd get you a Coke and one of these right here, and it had the little thing in there, and, and, ping, and you'd lose the cap. And I always wanted to keep the cap. And it's like, how can I get the cap? But you'd have to stick it in the machine and have a little thing down in there to collect it. And oh, my goodness, how many of you remember how good it tasted? Oh, yeah. So then what happens, thank you, ma'am. Then what happens is, <coughs> in a period of time, that wasn't the way that they came anymore. And how many of you remember going to a machine? And I remember at least the time when you could buy one for 30 cents. Okay, you'd go to the machine and you'd go to go and you'd get a can Coke and it'd come out and it'd be nice and cold. But it never was as I mean, you remember it never tasted hardly as good as it did out of the bottle. So we had the can Coke and and then in a period of time, all of a sudden, and, and my my bottles got kind of square there. Uh, that might prove something's bad about Coke, but anyway. Then they started coming out in plastic bottles. How, how many of you remember that that never really tasted as good as the, as the can did? But you know what? The, the, thing, the point that I'm making here is what's inside all three of those? Coke. Simple enough. Yeah, we, we might prefer one over the other, and a whole lot of that has to do with how we were introduced to it and, and how it came along. But, but basically, this is... Uh, in, in church world, this is hymns, okay? And I remember, some of you maybe weren't involved in this as much, but I remember one guy in particular, I remember him saying this just like it was yesterday. He said, I hope we ain't singing off the wall. Now, how many of you think off the wall means like crazy? But no, what he was talking about was an overhead projector, because how many of you were in church back in the day when you had those clear overlays and you had an overhead projector and there was somebody up here about right here and they were, they were putting the transfers over the, over the thing so that you could see the screen, so that you could see the Word. And he said, I hope we're not singing off the wall today. Wow, okay. And, and then this represents whenever there was a period of time whenever everything was canned, Okay. Canned music, canned everything. Everything's down to the T. Uh, I've, I've never really been uh, good at that myself, but there are some churches that actually have it down to the minute when everything's going to happen. I never could judge it that close. Thank you either. <laughs> so sometimes this represents the, the liturgical church, high church is what I've always referred to it as. Now, I've taken part in services in those churches before, and that is whenever... The service starts at 10.59, and at 11.01, the prayer said, and at 11.03, this is the scripture that's going to be read, and then there's going to be a prayer, and it's going to be X amount long, and then, I mean, everything down to the minute and put in the bulletin. I never could make the time frame work, but that's, that's what that represents. And then there's this, and this is... The, the new way of doing church, and I mean, it, it, sometimes it just don't suit us because, I mean, that thing, they even break dance. See there? 
They break dance. And I mean, they jump around and do all kinds of stuff. And so a whole lot of it is, is this. What's, what's still inside of all three of these? Coke. It don't matter how we do church. It don't matter how somebody else does church. If the Holy Spirit's in all of those, then we ought to do our very, very best to, to work with the program. Because you know what? People get saved where they're breakdancing. I mean, I've really held myself back on that. I, I have resisted breakdancing in front of y'all because, you know, I don't want to embarrass anybody with my skills. <laughs> new year, new decade, huh? And, and, and the canned stuff don't just turn my crank. But I, and, yeah, I still like to sing some hymns every now and then. Amen. But the deal is if the Holy Spirit, if Coke is in all three of these and, and the Holy Spirit's in every way that we can do church, then guess what? It's not about us. It's about Him. And if the Holy Spirit's working in them, if, if somebody gets saved in that breakdancing church, hallelujah! And if somebody gets saved in one of those liturgical high churches where they've got everything programmed out and they've got the big pipe organ and everything, Hallelujah! And if somebody gets saved after somebody sings just as I am, amen and hallelujah. And so what it comes down to is sometimes it's about how we got introduced to it. And if we get those old eyes, if we get presbyopia, and we can't see that the Lord that works in all and through all, for all, for his purpose, for our good and his glory, then we've missed the whole point. Amen? So ultimately, it comes down to this. We've got to allow ourselves to correct our vision. And again, some of the other things was astigmatism, and that's where we don't have a focal point. Our focus ought to be underneath it all. Yes, we may have programs. Yes, we may have things that we do as an individual church, but underneath it all is to lift up the name of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. And if we're not doing that underneath it all, we're missing it by whatever means the Lord chooses to work through that ultimately it all comes back to him and that if we are allowed to be a part of what he's doing in this day because we're here for such a time as this and I, I don't have time to get into it this morning but the scripture that I read last week was about Elijah and Elisha 2nd Kings chapter 2 and we've gone through Elijah, calls Elisha to be his helper, his, his, basically his assistant, and learn to be a prophet. And he throws his mantle on him. And, and we went through the whole thing in depth last week, so I'm not going to do that again. But he, he basically, he, he comes by Elisha and he throws his mantle. And I brought my mantle from when I was ordained many 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 moons ago and uh, I don't know if it looks good with a pearl snap shirt but we're going to try it so there's, there's the stole the, the mantle no power in it just like I was talking about earlier we, we talk about the sacraments or ordinances no power in those that's why we call them ordinances no power in this thing but it's the power that God uses in somebody so Elijah comes by and he calls Elisha 
and he throws his mantle on him, signifying that he was God's choice to continue that ministry. As we know, they go along and they do, he, he finally, he knows the day has arrived that he's going home to be with the Lord. And he, he asked Elijah, ask Elisha, what, could, what shall I do for you? Because I'm fixing to leave. What can I do? Allow me to have a double portion of your anointing. A double portion of what this represented. And Elisha says, man, it, you know, this is the Phillips translation. Man, you don't know what you've asked because it ain't mine to give. The anointing comes from the Lord. The anointing is, is so varied and, and, and multifaceted it is so hard for us to even talk about it. This morning, I don't know about you, but I, one of the things that the anointing is in the Old Testament is, is the, the original word is kabod. And it just means a weightiness or a heaviness. And I don't know if you felt it this morning, but whenever we were worshiping, I felt the weight of the Lord in this room. There's sometimes it causes us to shout. There's sometimes it causes somebody to speak in tongues and, and causes somebody else to give a, a, the, the interpretation of that. There's times when it, it, the, the anointing flows through us for healing. There's times whenever it comes around for so many various and sundry things. And so he asked him, I want a double portion of that. Are you kidding? You've asked a hard thing is what Elijah tells him. Nevertheless, if you get to see me go, you'll know you got it. Now, one of the things that if you're as interested as I am in this kind of stuff, I thought, okay, he asked for a double portion, and we can go through the scriptures, and we can see how many... Uh, Miracles that Elijah did, and, and so let's see how many Elisha did. And do you know how many it was? Exactly double. There's, there's, some, there's some, you know, kind of things about what, was that a miracle or was that not a miracle, and did Elijah do this? But it works out to be double, whatever you think it is. Most people allow that it was about 14 miracles that Elisha was allowed to be a part of. And believe it or not, 28 is what Elisha got to do. The last one was after he was dead. He was already in the grave, and his bones were dry, and some thieves came by, and they killed a guy, and they went to hide the body, and they pitched him in on top of Elisha's bones. Resurrection. <laughs> Proof that the Lord's going to raise us up one day. But as I ended last week, and this is how I want to end it again, because I want you to think about this a whole lot this year. Elijah tells, encourages Elisha, stay back, stay back. Nope. As the Lord lives and as you live, I am going with you. They cross over the Jordan. Uh, Elijah takes his, takes his mantle off, and he strikes the waters, and the waters... Heart. They walk over as if on dry ground, not the only time that happened. As they get on the other side of the Jordan, here comes this chariot of fire, drawn by horses of fire, coming down from heaven, and it parts them, and Elisha, Elijah is taken up. The only thing that's left, that falls back to the ground, signifying 
he had the mantle of, of the prophet upon him. So Elisha goes and picks it up, and he, he doesn't put it on. That's, that's the strange thing in this whole thing here. He doesn't put it on. He folds it up, and he goes back to the River Jordan, and he says, where is the God of Elijah? Not where is my God, not where is that God that answers all of our prayers. Where is the God of Elijah? And as I left it last week, I'm going to leave it again this week. My question is not where is the God of Elijah. We know where he's at. My question is, where are the Elijahs of God? Where are the people that are willing to step up and stand up and be unashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ in their lives? Who are the people that are unafraid to ask God for anything, even if it seems impossible? Where are the people that are willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done? We're going to be, over the next few weeks, we're going to be taking a look at Elijah and Elisha. But this, this year, 2020, is going to be where are the Elijahs and Elishas of God. Maybe God's calling you to step up and take a place. 2019, we lost some of our Elijahs and Elishas. We lost Brother Bobby, Brother Wilford. I don't see anybody stepping up to take their place. Not where are the, uh, where's the God of Elijah, but where are the Elijahs? of God every head bowed every eye closed Father sometimes we get so wrapped up in how we think it ought to be so wrapped up in the, how we've been programmed I guess you'd say Lord open our eyes that we might see not only your glory but Lord that we can see what you want in us, in this church, in this place. And God, if you're calling some people, I, I pray that you would use this as not because I'm anything, but because your word is awesome. Would you touch our hearts? You're calling people all the time. Would you let us be able to hear that calling? Would you, you allow that to be louder than any other voice in our lives? And would you let some of us, ladies and men, be an Elisha or an Elijah? Because we need them during this time. So, Lord, we give it all to you. We thank you for, for everything that you're doing, everything you've done. Thank you for the spirit that we have felt in this place today. And we just ask you, Lord, that you would just go with us and, and keep us safe. But, Lord, if there's one person here while every head's still bowed, every eye's still closed, maybe there's somebody here and you simply say, I need to make it right with the Lord today. That's the call that I'm hearing right now. It might be something big. It might be something little. But you're just simply saying, I, I, I would feel like I was missing something if I did not make it right right now with God. I'm not going to embarrass you, not going to call your name, not going to call you up front. 
But if that's you, would you just slip your hand up so I can pray with you? Yes. Anyone else? Very quickly. There's no formula. There's no recipe other than giving ourselves to the Lord. So if you raise your hand, I want you to pray something like this. Heavenly Father, I ask you that you would forgive me for everything I've done that would come against you and that would come between us. Lord, I'm listening for your voice, and I'm doing my best, but you know sometimes I miss it. So would you forgive me for all those times when I've missed it, all those things that I've done that would disappoint you. Lord Jesus, I know that you died on that cross for those things. I know that you paid the price so I could go free, so that I could be with you in heaven one day. But Lord, I'm still here, and I still need your help. Would you lead me and guide me and direct me and fill me with your Holy Spirit? And I thank you for loving me. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for having mercy on me. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap for that this morning. Amen. Stand with me. Told you I'd get you out of here on time. I didn't even go near my outline was the deal. <laughs> Let me bless you. We'll be dismissed into fellowship. We're, we're on time, so you don't have to go running off. Take a minute, fellowship afterward. But Lord, as we're leaving this place, we are truly a light in the darkness. Allow us to see it as such. Allow us the opportunity to share that light that we know in you. And Lord, would you give us just an opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life? Would you go with us? Keep us safe. Get us back here ready to worship you. And we thank you, Lord, in advance for the great things you're going to do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.